Alvin Oon is a very positive, upbeat guy. Usually I'm suspicious of guys like that because really, who are they fooling? But for Alvin, that's genuinely the way he is. And as you'll hear, any guy who made a choice to pursue the performing arts in Singapore and go his own way and who was able to make a successful life for himself and for his family must have a positive attitude. Alvin is an actor, a singer, an MC, a director. He basically can do anything. He also writes songs, and some of his songs poking fun at life in Singapore have gone viral, uh, getting hundreds of thousands of views. If you like any of them that you hear later, I encourage you to check out the videos for them on YouTube. They add an extra level of enjoyment. All of the links will be in the episode description at whoarethesepeople.net. So here's Alvin Oon, Oon spelled O-O-N. I'm Dave Austin, and who are these people? Say something. Uh, do you have the... Can you hear me? Yeah, and I'm rolling. Did you, did you make sure that... Oh, okay. Uh, oh, shit. Oh, fuck. A lot exactly. of sci-fi ideas are becoming real. Now. Yeah. It's like Barbarella's tongue box. Yellow. Yeah. Yellow. It is therapeutic. The last generation to be raised without the internet. Yeah. The first generation to jump into the internet. What, what does it mean? Like, did it really even happen? Okay, thanks, Alvin, for coming over to my house. My pleasure. It's great to see you again after quite some time. Yeah, it has been a long time. I think we met like almost 10 years ago. Could that be right? Yeah, about that. We were doing uh, some uh, video projects and uh, I believe you were the producer of the show uh, yeah. for corporate video. Yes. Yeah, it was for some healthcare industry kind of thing and uh, we were both involved and uh, hey... It's yeah, been a while. I know, we've, but we've stayed in touch. And, <laughs> yes. Um, thanks for coming over and my me, pleasure. Uh, uh, grill you here. But um, so I've interviewed about ten or eleven of my friends so far, and you're my first Singaporean friend. So wow, yeah. what an honor <laughs> to be on your show! Yay! You know, this is going to be the Singapore themed episode. So uh, should I speak like a Singaporean? Or? Please do. Yeah, let's okay give. Okay, can no okay, problem. Yeah, let's give everyone a taste. Of <laughs> All right. Yeah, um, why don't you um, scold me in, in Singlish? I couldn't do that. Oh, but, that, but Singlish is perfect for scolding, isn't For scolding, it? but yeah. not too vulgar, I guess. Oh, no, yeah. okay, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, yeah, this, but, this is explicit. I, okay. I put a X-rated on the R-rated on the podcast. <laughs> Dave, uh, yeah. you are too much. Uh. You cannot like that. Uh. You are quite horrible, you know. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's all in jest. It's not true. Dave but is a great guy. But that sounded good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, how would you say someone's good in, uh, in English? Uh, someone's good. Wow, you are very sweet. Uh. <laughs> and it, as in very good, uh, yeah. extremely good. Uh, yeah. Sweet. Like, sweet. Yeah. Sweet. Sweet is great. Like, yeah. sweet. Nice. Yeah. Tell me a bit about your family. You're Peranakan, is that right? Yeah, uh, I'm a fourth generation Peranakan. For those of you who do not know what's uh, Peranakan, uh, it's basically a people or uh, more Chinese who have uh, who left the mainland China many, 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 many centuries ago and came to this part of the world to look for a better life. Uh, and eventually, initially, they wanted to just do business to settle. Uh, find business in this part of the world and then return back to China. But the problem in those days, they didn't have any aeroplanes. They took uh, uh, junk boats. Uh, and because of the monsoon, they could not go back to uh, China so easily. So a lot of them settled here and they found a lot of uh, opportunities here as well. 
And what they did was they settled down with the locals, which were predominantly uh, of Malay or Indonesian uh, origins. Mm -hmm. uh, and the children that were born here are called Peranakans or what we term it as local born Chinese. Mm -hmm. So they had a very uh, mixed, uh, hybrid uh, culture that came about. Uh, in front, of course, we are very, uh, sorry, inside we're very Chinese, but mm -hmm. our outlook is very mixed uh, together with the local culture. So it became a hybrid culture, mm -hmm. uh, which grew and grew and they, they, they got affluent uh, they contributed to society. They were who's who in the in community, mm -hmm. and uh, even today, uh, some of our leaders are all uh, Peranakans. For example, uh, our recent uh, president, uh, uh, Dr. Tony Tan, he's a uh, Peranakan. Okay. Our current prime minister, uh, mm -hmm. Lee Hsien Loong, he's right. also a Peranakan. That makes his uh, father, uh, the, the late uh, prime minister. Minister Mentor uh, Lee Kuan Yew, mm -hmm. also a Pranakan as mm -hmm. well. So there were many, many Pranakan, uh, prominent Pranakans in Singapore and in the region as well. And did you grow up speaking Malay or English or do you speak well, Chinese? In the family, um, it was very natural that we all spoke Malay and English. Mm -hmm. We don't speak any Chinese at all, right. uh, save for a little... Um, dialect, uh, which is called Hokkien, mm -hmm. which are, we are all Hokkien Peranakans. Right. Uh, so we spoke a sampling of uh, a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. So it was a Creole uh, patois of sorts right. um, among us. And we all uh, spoke very naturally that way. And we, we blended with community very easily. When, when we spoke to, uh, when we had Malay friends, we spoke in Malay. Mm -hmm. uh, we have uh, Chinese friends, we spoke in Hokkien. Mm -hmm. um, and we could um, speak English to anybody. Um, right. In those days, maybe let's say about um, 80 years or 100 years ago, to be uh, working and speaking English uh, with the government agencies, uh, whether it be under the British especially, it was a big deal that right. a Chinese or a local could speak English and work in the office of the British uh, government. Right. And most of these people were all Pranakan men. And that was a big advantage. Being oh yeah, speak uh, English. Oh, definitely, yeah. uh, and it, it made way to a lot of business opportunities as well. Mm -hmm. um, that's where they, they they grew in affluence. In fact, uh, the Peranakans are known as either the kings or the queens Chinese. They ah, were recognized okay. by the right. the British uh, monarchy. I see. Yeah. Now you travel around um, to other countries. When people find out you're from Singapore, what kind of things do they ask you, or what kind of questions do you get? Um, well, the places that I've gone to are representing Singapore because I, I'm quite uh, um, lucky to be able to travel to represent Singapore at different events and all that. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a lot of discovery uh, from these people because they don't know much about Singapore. Either they know a lot about Singapore or they don't know very much about Singapore at right. all. Uh, quite at the extremes. Um, but it's very heartwarming to, to know that uh, they are very, very excited about Singapore. Mm -hmm. uh, and if some of them heard good things about Singapore, but uh, they don't know Singapore very well. One instance when I had the opportunity to travel to Paris mm -hmm. uh, to be able to present my Pranakan culture to the French, uh, at first they were very, very cold. They were very snotty. You know, they didn't want to talk to us. Uh, they gave us a funny look. Um, but by the end of our performances there, they were all so happy, so friendly. The ice was broken and we 
were dancing and they were learning to do the local dances and all that. It was wonderful um, how how we can communicate and uh, get to know people and let them understand more about the Singapore how and did, the culture. How did you break the ice with them? Well, uh, what we did was we had a presentation on the culture, uh, mm-hmm. the Peranakan culture about our wedding, oh, okay. uh, as well as teaching them uh, to do a dance that we sang to. So okay. we, we taught them this dance called the Joget, which is a predominantly a Malay uh, dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very uh, community kind of dancing. So we taught them the dance steps and we all had a great time. It was a party. Now, I should say, uh, for people who don't know, you're a singer and performer and like public uh, sort of uh, MC. Uh, you do all kinds of public presentations and performances. Uh, how long have you been in the performing arts? Well, I had the opportunity to start performing since uh, 1990. So this is like the, what, 28th year of performing? Wow, yeah. okay, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. um, so what we what I had a, a chance to do was to perform in theme parks mm-hmm. at uh, this place called Hopa Villa. Uh, yes. It's a Chinese mythological theme park in Singapore. Um, and uh, from there, uh, grew from strength to strength. I took on many other roles, did musicals, street theatre, uh, li- lion dance, mm-hmm. uh, stilt walking, mm-hmm. you name it, we did it over there. And uh, it was pretty fun. Um, thereafter, I moved on to doing more production-based, uh, writing songs for the theme park, yeah. um, doing show productions. And I moved on, started my own company in 1995, uh, organising events. I'm a professional MC. Uh, and one of my passion, of course, is to write songs. And yeah. I've been uh, doing that uh, for the community, writing songs for the Peranakan culture, as well as uh, the shows that I do, um, which is the Peranakan shows. I have a singing group called the Peranakan Sayang. Mm-hmm. Uh, we basically put on a, a Peranakan singing show. We're like a Peranakan pop cultural group. Like a review kind of, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we, we go around uh, Singapore and the region as well, uh, mm-hmm. performing these songs, and it's a very happy show. Uh, we sing happy songs, uh, get everybody in a party mood, get everybody yeah. to dance. Uh, it's a great experience uh, doing this because uh, we reach out to people from as young as a few years old to as old as 80 years old, mm-hmm. and, and they have a blast. Everybody's having a great time dancing and jumping around, and it's wonderful. Now, I'm going to get to some of the songs that you have written in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but first, I want to go back to uh, the Hapar Villa, because that is one of my favorite places in Singapore. Oh, yeah. And I'm fascinated that you work there. <laughs> and I want to get all the inside scoop. And first of all, I, you, call, you described it a Chinese mythological theme park. And like some people have may have looked up Hapar Villa, and they might have an idea. But I think we need a deeper description. Yeah. So... Um, I'll say a little bit about what I know, and then maybe you okay. can add on to that. So Hopar Villa was created by the, was it the Ha brothers or the Pa Yes, brothers? Obun Pa and Obun Ha. Right. Yeah. Who were from Myanmar, is that right? Absolutely. Burma. Yes, and they made their fortune by creating Tiger Balm. That's right, the world-renowned Tiger Balm brand. Yes. Yeah. So they had this product, and it made them quite wealthy, in the entire Southeast Asian region. And as one of their ways to like give back, they wanted to create this park that would be a place for families to go, but that would also educate moral values, right? Absolutely. And and teach Chinese culture to the masses. And when you go there, it is fantastic. It is all like dioramas 
made out of uh, I don't know plaster or something like yes, that. Yes, that's and, right. And they're statues. all statues, and they're mm. all painted in all kinds of different uh, scenes of different stories from uh, folklore or moral stories. And then, of course, the thing that's most famous for is the the hell. What is it? How many levels? <laughs> the ten of courts of hell. Ten courts of hell, mm. which is there to literally scare the hell out of your kids, right? <laughs> To teach them what happens to them if they're bad. Oh, yeah. Right? Can oh, you yeah. describe it a little bit? Well, uh, you are very right in the description of uh, Hopa Villa. Um, just to add on that uh, it was built also in honor of their parents, uh, Hop, Paul and Pa's uh, parents. Uh, you can see uh, if you go there, there's a whole monument that is uh, dedicated to them. Mm-hmm. Um, it is actually a wonderful gem in Singapore that is not visited enough. Right. Uh, maybe it's because it's situated somewhere way out west uh, of Singapore, which is not the normal uh, areas that uh, visitors come when mm-hmm. they go to uh, come to Singapore. Um, it is, when you go there, it is a wonderful park where it's so colourful. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get, you get uh, taken away into another world altogether of uh, these colorful statues. Um, you can find all things about the Chinese culture there, mm-hmm. uh, depicted by the dioramas and the statues. And uh, it's about life. It's about um, community. It's about practices. It's about rituals. Yep. Uh, and of course, um, people tend to remember the gory side of things, which is the Ten Courts of Hell. But that's only just a small part of the park. Uh, But because a lot of people, when they were young, their parents brought them there to teach them values and uh, lessons and say, no, you should not do this or else you get punished. Mm -hmm. Uh, So people uh, remember that and some of them find it very scary. Mm -hmm. But actually it's not. If If you have an open mind... Uh, it's very educational, mm-hmm. uh, and it's something that the the Chinese um, believed in, and all these uh, mythologies and uh, faiths and beliefs. And we've got the Buddha, Buddhas there as well. Right. Uh, a lot of Taoism. Yes, there as well. So, um, can you recall any of the stories? Like, can you think of one story that's depicted in the park? Yeah. Which Which one? One One of them that's very interesting is about uh, filial piety. Yeah. Um, there's this statue of uh, a mother, an uh, old lady rather, mm-hmm. and her daughter-in-law. And it was, it's a very strange statue because the mother-in-law was actually suckling on the breast of the daughter-in-law. Right. It's, it looks very strange mm-hmm. for an old lady to be suckling on the breast of a younger lady. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you read the story behind it... Mm-hmm. Um, it was during, if, I, if I'm not wrong, it was yeah. during a time of uh, a lack of food and it was very cold. And out of uh, filial piety, the daughter-in-law offered some nutrition to the mother-in-law who was very ill and mm-hmm. she needed um, a liquid diet. Mm-hmm. So um, that was a sacrifice uh, on behalf, uh, for, uh, by, the, by the daughter for her mother-in-law. Right. So... If you just look at the statue alone by itself, then you say, look, this is weird, totally strange. Exactly, yeah. But if you read the details, mm-hmm. then you realize uh, what it was trying to tell you. Yeah, and that is, uh, that's one of the things I love about the place, is that, especially being a Westerner, going there for the first time, it, is, it seems totally bizarre, and everything is kind of like random, weird images. Oh, yeah. And, but it, and it takes a lot, because it's, it is... The park was designed like 
80 years ago or more, something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's so, a long time so ago. So it's approval. not like easy to f- decipher what's going on. Mm. But you, if you like, f- for several of the things, I've gone home and like, I Googled it and I'm like, what, what is this? And then you learn the story behind it and it is, it, it makes it even more interesting, you know, and you, and right. you, you uh, like there's, there's some sculptures of like some crabs with like human heads. Oh yeah. And like that one, the first, first of all, when you see it, it's just like you're, you enjoy it just because it's so strange. Yeah, like what, yeah. you know, what the heck is this? Yeah. But then it actually is supposed to represent like a Buddhist idea, if I'm not right, that's wrong, right. like about reincarnation. That's right. And it shows something about like that even lower animals can be reincarnated into a higher form. It's a whole yeah. uh, circle of life right? Uh, that we have to aspire to be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we will eventually um, get higher in the, the whole circle. Right. Um, and and it, it's wonderful because uh, it actually has... a. Uh, a lot of morals and ethics that's taught uh, mm-hmm. within the park. So it's important to, to read and spend some time finding out what all these uh, statues are trying to tell us. And what kind of things did you do as a performer there? Well, um, in 1990, uh, well, initially the park was just a park. People just went there to look at statues. Um, but in 1990, it reopened as a theme park. Mm-hmm. Uh, where there were rides, there were attractions, there were uh, animation, and there were, of course there were live shows. Uh, that's where I came in. Mm-hmm. So I was uh, hired um, as a full-time uh, performer, mm-hmm. uh, presenting shows to international audiences from around the world. And, okay. and we had like thousands and thousands of people coming every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was a great learning curve to be able to perform every day uh, to, to these people and, mm-hmm. and you learn your craft right? Um, from um, dancing to singing to hosting to doing all kinds of skills um, it was a wonderful experience so that was your full time job at the time? oh yeah yes. and you were like doing multiple shows a day? oh, oh yeah wow that and is like a like a great training ground fantastic a uh, very sharp learning curve you had to sink or swim you know right uh, and one of the interesting things that I carry with me is learning stilt walking okay and it brought a lot of um uh i i always have this um thought that life is like stilt walking okay you know when people look at at stilt walking they say oh that that looks dangerous you might fall you know you might Mm -hmm. hurt yourself uh you got to be careful and all that that's true but when you actually start stilt walking and these are wooden stilts where it's only points at the bottom of the stilt it's not a foot or anything like that it's just a point Mm -hmm. the the magic about stilt walking is you've got to keep moving (laughs) you can never stop moving because Mm -hmm. if you stop moving you will fall Mm -hmm. um so to to keep yourself standing you have to counterbalance your weight either on the left still or the right still so that you do not fall at all i see Uh, but the moment you stop you don't have that counterbalance anymore. You either fall backwards or you fall frontwards. Mm-hmm. So that taught me a lesson in life. Never to stop walking because life is like still walking. Mm-hmm. You've got to keep on moving. Mm-hmm. And the moment you stop, you will fall. I like that. And uh, when was the last time you did some still walking? Well, 
I'm getting on in age, so I shouldn't be doing still walking anymore. Uh, but that was quite yeah. some time ago. I think maybe 20 years ago. But the it's lessons a good, learned. Yeah, it's a good analogy. Yeah, the lessons learned. Fantastic. I, I still and, carry it with me today. And you did street performing too? Oh, yeah. we had In, in Singapore? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there is a little theater uh, within the park that's called the Four Seasons Theater. Okay. Uh, it's basically a circular theater where people sit around. And we, we dress up as uh, Chinese characters. Ah, okay. Uh, and we walk into that, that particular circular, uh, what we call a little uh, amphitheater or sorts, mm-hmm. um, and we just told Chinese stories. Okay. And people would get uh, involved in the stories because they became the characters in the stories. We dressed them up okay. and we tell them what to do exactly. Yeah. And it's always hilarious because we have so much fun with the audiences. So it's very close interaction with the people, maybe about um, 200 people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's very good to to be very close with the audiences and uh, interacting with them and talking to them and getting to them to do funny things it's a great experience for them did you ever do any like busking like in another country or anything not yet, not yet. oh is that is that on your to-do <laughs> who list knows, who knows who yeah. knows i think knows? that'd be great you should i'm go. still still walking and walking i'm yeah. not stopping so okay yeah i'm gonna have to try some stilt walking sometime <laughs> yeah Okay, now I think now's a good time to go to go to some of your songs that I have queued up here. Right. Okay. So now you don't have headphones on, so you won't be able to hear them, but you know your own songs. Okay. So yeah, Alvin has done a lot of parody songs, and I, that's one thing I've been keeping track of him uh, via social media, and uh, they're really great humorous commentary on what's going on in Singapore. A lot of people have seen in the news that occasionally. There we suffer from haze here okay. in Singapore, mm-hmm. and that is haze caused by fires burning in um, Indonesia from like a bad agricultural practice of burning forest to make room for like palm plantations and things like that, and it sends these clouds of noxious gray haze just floating in the wind, and when they come to Singapore, you end up with a really unpleasant situation and uh, uh, this song speaks for itself when I smell you I feel so chum chum means troubled my health is hum I'm feeling so fed up cause all I ever see is haze 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 it feels so hot in the night, I feel my lungs becoming tight. I'm feeling so fed up, cause all I ever see is haze. On TV and online, I check the PSI every time, night and day. Only trouble is, gee whiz, the electric bill I have. Okay. These are all really funny jokes for the local Singapore audience. Uh, like PSI is the like particles per square inch. That's uh, with the the news will be uh, advertising how how high the PSI and you need and that lets you know how dangerous it is to go outside. And of course, um, everyone has to put on their air conditioner to escape it, and it does cost a lot. Electricity is very expensive here in Singapore. I really started doing this because when the haze started, it was quite a dampener to society, to the country. I think everybody felt very down. 
because of the the situation and you you had to put on a mask it was it was just horrible yeah 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 really on some of those days when the psi was really high it really was a horrible feeling because you couldn't leave the house without a mask yeah. and if you if you breathed it in it it made the back of your throat feel gross and it, you could taste it yeah. and just seeing everyone walk around with a mask on it was like some sort of a dystopian future you yeah. know like some sort of sci-fi movie and it it was a really a really icky feeling so did you get some feedback that you cheered people up a bit oh yeah this? well the, the thing that hit me most was people were very depressed you don't see the blue skies anymore mm-hmm. uh, which we, we are so accustomed to uh, we always have reasonably good weather here um, and so I said look and when people are, are so depressed, let's do something to, you know, make them happy for just a while, or yeah. you know, to to keep to keep the spirits up. So I thought, hey, let's write a funny song, uh, just record it and just put it out there. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to do it for fun, but it it went viral. Yeah, um, and uh, lots of people were singing it. And if you look at some of the comments that we have, you know. Uh, on the YouTube uh, that I put it up on, most people were very happy. Say thank you for making my day. I know, you know, it seems even though with all the haze around us, at least I'm laughing mm-hmm. uh, within my four walls. Mm-hmm. Um, even my mom is singing the song, and you know, it, yeah. it, it gave a lot of cheer to a dire situ- situation that we faced before. Now, this uh, there's this other song I've got queued up, which I think. Oops, I'm gonna pause it there. Uh, needs a little bit of explanation because this is a was an international story but not maybe not on everyone's radar so to speak mm-hmm. so it, and i think you just posted something today that this was about a year ago oh yeah it's okay a year exactly ago. Year, the year Perfect. anniversary of the terex cha yeah now what is a terex cha well um it's actually terex yeah uh, a terex is a a Singapore-made amphibious uh, military vehicle mm-hmm. um, it was made in Singapore. Uh, chia is a Hokkien word for car. Okay, so it's just yeah. a it's just a play with the word, um, right? Because, yeah. So the Terex mm, and that was involved. Well, Singapore has a it has a Singapore Armed Forces and they do their training overseas. Yeah, because we don't have much space in Singapore. Right. Yeah, and so. The army basically just ships these back and forth commercially, right? That's right. And something happened last year. What happened? Okay, so we've been uh, training uh, for the longest time in uh, foreign countries and all that. And uh, at one of the training uh, exercises, uh, we sent over these uh, amphibious uh, vehicles called the Tarexes to this country. And along the way, uh, it was well. The country is Taiwan, right? Oh, uh, oh yes. Republic of China. That's that, that's <laughs> pertinent to the story. Oh so, yes, right, Taiwan. Okay. So yeah. Taiwan is uh, predominantly a very Hokkien speaking place, mm-hmm. which yeah. I mentioned about the Pranakan yeah. culture before. Uh, Hokkien speaking place. So um, the ships were coming back, I believe, uh, from uh, Taiwan, yeah. but uh, it had. Yeah, had been. Uh, I think they they confiscated it in uh, Hong Kong. Right. So the Chinese authorities said, "Look, you have no right to bring these uh, vehicles uh, back to Singapore." So they kept it in the Hong Kong ports for the longest time. Mm-hmm. And despite efforts by the Singapore government to appeal to them to allow us uh, have the vehicles back, they simply refused. Yep. Uh, and they were flexing their, their muscles and saying, right. no, you, you committed offense. Uh, you're not going to get back these vehicles. Yeah. And now here in this region, I mean, 
the big the story of the decade is China's growing power, and so they do flex their muscles a lot. And oh, yeah. usually, you know, Singapore being the tiny red dot, we're allies with China, but we're also allies with. Taiwan, we're allies with everyone. Everybody, yeah. yeah. We don't yeah. have a grudge against anybody. Yeah, yeah. But occasionally we get pushed around a little bit, and oh, this yeah. was a case that China was pushing us around a little bit. So you wrote this song to kind of poke fun at yeah, it at was the situation. it was kind of like an appeal. To yeah, it, it is. I love it because <laughs> yeah. it's you're like you call China brother, brother, and, and yeah, like, brother, give hey, me my brother, car back. Come on, you know, you took my car, <laughs> give me back to me. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna play a little bit of this, and uh, um, this the theme you. The song you're parodying is like an old. It's uh, actually an original you know, song. Oh, this original. Okay, yeah, but, but it's but, actually themed like an old Hokkien style song. Right. Yeah. So it had that very okay uh, original words and music in the theme in the style of an old like 1940s or 50s yeah, exactly. uh, Hokkien Chinese song. Yeah. Give me back my Terex Cha by Alvin Un. Ah, yeah. Singapore, we have our own people's army. We serve Malay, Chinese, Indian, Eurasian, and Punjabi. Abang, our island very small. Macam Kwati. What Macam Kwati mean? It's a uh, uh, sunflower seeds. Okay. So easy, we can take sea water, deep sail the sea. You and me, with our Singapore Navy, Air Force fly, fly so high, Super F-15 SG. We use ship to set our ICV. Why you take my direction? I one way ma. Compounded in Hong Kong, and we finally got them back. Oh yeah, yeah it was, and so you, this was, on YouTube was, here, you've got like four hundred and forty-eight thousand views. Uh, oh, this. it's a lot more because uh, what happened was people ripped it off, uh, right. put it out uh, on WhatsApp and all that. It went all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very strange. Once again, this is just for fun. I just did it for fun, and next thing I knew, hey, the the hits were like rising up. Very, very fast. Right. Uh, next thing I knew, um, all the media agencies were calling me. Mm-hmm. Uh, people like BBC, Asia One, they, they started right. interviewing me and say, hey, you know what made you do this? Da, 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 da. And it became an internationally um, heard song. Right. Uh, and the funniest part was a friend of mine who lives in uh, Hong Kong, he called me up and said, hey, 
brother, this is the first time I hear a Singapore song on national Hong Kong TV. <laughs> <laughs> hey, congratulations. <laughs> oh, yeah. I said, wow, you went that far. Yeah. But if you look at, uh, if you actually have a chance to visit the YouTube uh, page itself, uh, yeah. you can see a lot of commentary mm-hmm. uh, below. Uh, where there are all kinds of comments from the Chinese, uh, from yeah. those in Hong Kong, right. uh, from Taiwan, of course, Singaporeans as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, some from uh, UK, US, they were all commenting on, on this issue and everybody was arguing with each other. Everybody right. had their own uh, version of uh, what they thought was right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and it became this site for debate, That's which great. was uh, quite scary because oh, is it? Yeah. oh yeah because yeah. some people were just outright rude sure uh, you know how social media works uh, they hide behind the keyboard and they're, they're just whack right know, or without all, all their comments but there were many people who came and uh, defended the the actions and the songs itself mm-hmm. and and it was pretty interesting because it went on forever you know? did you get any official feedback from the government at all well uh, I've been told that the ministers, uh, the cabinet ministers, the mm-hmm. members of parliaments, the MPs of our country were having a good laugh at it. And they actually liked it very much. Uh, it had mentioned by the deputy prime minister as well as the prime minister okay. at some of their uh, dinner events. Oh, uh, that's they, they great. put up speeches and all that. And these are the efforts of uh, Singaporeans, you know, trying to do their little bit mm-hmm. to, to support the country to get these uh, vehicles back back home. Um, so I think it was very well received by the government. In fact, I, I suppose it became their voice. Yeah. Because as a government, it's not easy to to just say what you think because of diplomatic reasons. Right. Uh, but it's if it's coming from a, a citizen, yeah. it's a totally different thing. Right. Uh, it's from the ground. Uh, this is how we feel. And most people feel the same way as well. Most Singaporeans feel the same way as well. That it's not your property. Yep. Return it to us. You know, what's the big problem? And saying it in a humorous way is very effective. Oh, yeah. You know, um, that's, that's one of the comments that somebody made. That this is how uh, problems of the world should be solved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> with, with funny songs. Yeah, funny songs. Yeah, why not? And, and, you, and you, you solve the problem. I guess um, what happened was uh, because of the uh, media attention and uh, the international attention that, that the song brought about, it added more pressure uh, to the Chinese, perhaps, to, to return these uh, vehicles back. Right. Mm. Yeah, in a way, it kind of just points out how sort of silly the whole thing is. Like, really, you know, you're, you've got all this power, and you really you just want to take nine vehicles that don't belong to you. Oh, is yeah. that really necessary? Yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah, China is a superpower. They don't need this. Right. Yeah. Now... Um, you're a proud Singaporean, right? Very. And um, in Singapore, I see that a lot of people, sometimes they don't want to get too vocal. They don't want to complain too much. Yeah. They, they tend to keep quiet about it and just accept things as they are. Yeah. But now I've noticed, especially on so- social media, there's mm. one exception to that, mm. which is every Singaporean feels like it's their birthright. Mm. And I agree to complain about the transport uh, uh, Public transport. Public transport in Singapore. Yeah, I see n- people have no fear about complaining vocally and repeatedly mm. about failures in the the yeah. MRT, the the mass rapid yes. tra- mass rapid transit mm-hmm. buses, and it is. I mean, honestly, 
Singapore public transport works really well. Yes, and that's it's, right. It's, you compare it to some other countries mm-hmm. which have like horrible public transport. Yeah, yeah. You, you would think, why would you complain? But it is our right to complain, and yeah. they do make mistakes sometimes. And that brings me to your next song, which yeah. um, is. I think everyone, no matter where you live, if you ever have depend have to depend on a bus or a train, I think you'll you'll like this one, and you'll probably be humming it along the next time you're delayed. So I'm just going to let this play and speak for itself. Nice recording too. Oh uh, yeah, an anthem, an anthem <laughs> for the ages. Have does it? Have you heard of it, anyone who's like uh, sung that to their boss when they get to work they, <laughs> about why, why they're late? You, yeah, you know it, it's it's uh, it just hit me that hey, this song works because people get stuck in the train mm-hmm. and they might just be singing this song, and it's my dream that one day when the train does actually break down the entire train sings the song okay. you can imagine that happening it was really really funny if that happens i can't imagine that <laughs> happening it might happen someday now we'll put that out there yeah and um so i guess you're you're also a big fan i guess of like uh, classic rock uh, oh, elton yeah. john I mean, and um, those are fantastic music so when, when i i thought about it I said look this fits in very well it's how to appeal to people in a dire situation and how to make light of a bad situation and mm-hmm. laugh about it and make life better that's the whole objective mm-hmm. uh, I think when you're talking about the transport situation I think we're the victims of our own success because uh, Singaporeans are so used to efficiency everything working everything's uh, great but the moment something breaks down the whole world collapses yeah. but if you actually compare it to other countries we are in a much better position our lives are much better um, than, than than what others are facing. So we should really, I mean, of course, if it, if it breaks down, it affects your life, you get late for everything. Of course, it's very frustrating. But looking at the bigger picture, we're actually very fortunate. Yeah, absolutely. I certainly am glad. Well, you drive, but I'm glad that yeah. you still have a car, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. barely. <laughs> <laughs> because cars are very expensive in Singapore. Yeah, incredibly expensive. Yeah. But I'm glad that I don't have to drive anymore. I I drove enough back in Texas. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm over it now. Yeah. So, yeah, I enjoy. I like the fact that I can just walk to the train station. It's it's very nearby your place. Yeah. Yes, uh, like what, 200 meters away, maybe? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe 300. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so yeah, so quite a number of people enjoyed that song as well. Uh, so my my efforts are really to to just um, do something fun for society, mm-hmm. uh, to bring a smile to everybody's day. Yeah, that's the whole objective. Do you sing any of these songs live when you're doing? Uh, your, no, I've uh, never uh, sung parodies live actually. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, most of my uh, singing performances are all uh, for the culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've yet to do any funny song really. Okay, <laughs> live. maybe that. Maybe you can have a special. Uh, parody Ooh. all parody show when i have enough songs yeah okay. yeah who knows what's parody the, concert what's the next thing you're you're inspired by um actually strangely i i don't have any inspiration till it hits me and i get it out within two days or so okay yeah so as of now i'm just open and who knows something might just hit me and then a few days time something comes out yeah that's great that you can turn it around so fast yeah because um, of my ability to write songs and mm-hmm. with a small studio at home and some recording facility mm-hmm. it's quite easy to, to just do it uh, it's most important is the inspiration to, to find that spark yeah to, 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 to just do it and write it out and you know it, it comes very fast and am I right do I remember right is your son a musician also oh yeah, yeah. Um, both of my boys are musicians uh, I have two boys, uh, 18 years old and 16. Mm-hmm. The 18-year-old one, um, he is a, a guitarist. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also a pianist, but more he's very focused on guitar. He's a full-time student uh, learning music at uh, La Salle College oh, okay. of the Arts in oh, Singapore. Um, and the second one, he's 16. He's hoping to join La Salle um, in a few months' time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's a very good pianist. So I've always encouraged them to follow their passion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know how the rat race is in Singapore where every parent is pushing their child to go, you know, get a degree in engineering or accounting or, right. or medicine or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it's all about living your passion. Mm-hmm. So I, I encourage that uh, for my boys. Uh, if that's what they want to do, that's what I'm going to support them. And for them, it's music. That's great. So they have their own uh, bands. They have their own uh, outlets to do music, which mm-hmm. is great. You know, mm-hmm. they're experiencing so much. They do shows. They do gigs. And it's, it's a fantastic uh, journey. Uh, I mean, we live life once. Mm-hmm. Live it as best as you can. You know, experience as much as you can. That's life. That's, I agree. Yeah. But yeah, there is a quite a rat race and a push for... Uh, Education, test scores and, yeah, you know, and, um, and degrees. And, and degrees, yeah, yeah, paper qualifications. Exactly. Yeah. So we're going the other way around, which a lot of uh, people tell us, you guys are very brave parents. <laughs> Is that how they say it? Instead oh, yeah. of saying like, how could you? How oh, could not, you? <laughs> not so much. Uh, they, they wouldn't say that, but they were questioning our, our, our decision to allow our children to pursue something that doesn't seem to be uh, a good career uh, mm-hmm. in uh, society. But to me, it's all about their own life, their own passion, their own dream. You know, we should always go for our dream. Of course, it's tough. It's a tough road. Anywhere is a tough road. But I believe if you really put your passion and time into something, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and then, of course, they have you as a, someone who's been in the, in the business, as they say, so you can at least help them, guide them along the yeah. way. You know, no, I, I don't have a degree. Um, although I have um, post-secondary education and doing the A-levels in Singapore and all mm-hmm. that. But that doesn't count for much in Singapore. But I, I told myself that, look, I, I don't have a degree, but 
I have a lot of drive and passion to do what I love to do, which right. is uh, performing and writing and producing. And that has driven me for 20 over years. And I'm still alive today. I have a roof over my head. Mm-hmm. I, ha- I have a, a decent income. I can feed my family. Hey, life yeah. isn't too bad. You seem to be doing okay. Yeah. So it, but it's a lot of discipline, a lot of passion, a lot of uh, drive to keep on doing it year on year on year on year. And, and it's been 20 over years and I'm enjoying it. I wouldn't have it any other way. Well, congratulations. <clears throat> Thank you. And I'm going to change the subject just a little bit before we come to an end here. So, because you just mentioned your son is about 18. So is he going to do national service? Soon? Oh, yeah. Um, well, his course is uh, three years. Uh-huh. Uh, so he finishes his course when he's uh, 19, just after 19. So he'll be joining the national service, which is another two years in the service, mm-hmm. whether it be the, the army or the police or the defense force, uh, Singapore, uh, civil defense force. Um, that will be seen. Uh, but yeah, definitely, yes, how did, two years. How did you like your NS days? Well, I ended up in the army. Um, yeah. My, I'm such a person, I, don't, I do not like violence. I, I feel very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But no, it's a necessity in Singapore to, to be able to defend your country. Mm-hmm. Um, or I understood the need uh, to, to serve the country, to defend the country. Well, but the only problem is it took a lot of your time because right. uh, initially, of course, it takes two years of your time uh, to be a full-time uh, national serviceman. Um, and because of the uh, regimentary kind of uh, lifestyle, uh, you had to be very disciplined and you had to follow orders. It's hard to be creative in such an environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was, uh, it's a necessary thing that all Singaporeans have to do. Right. Um, but the challenge was not really for the two years. It's after that because we still the serve in the, is, yeah. in the reserve, right? And yeah. we have to go back uh, every year for uh, training and sometimes as long as three weeks in a year. Right. So that's quite challenging. Yeah, I see that as a real sacrifice that Singaporeans make because uh, especially when you're trying to build a career and like, mm. trying to you know have a professional life, yeah. some of those reservists time periods can just really take you out. I'm sure it can makes a lot of people lose momentum in their oh, career. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and especially so because I'm running my own business. Right. So I'm basically out of action for three weeks. Yeah, you don't get any uh, salary during that time. Well, <laughs> well the, the, the army actually compensates your pay uh, oh, based okay. on your past uh, income oh, tax. Oh, they do. Okay. Yeah, That's they do that. Yeah. But what is lost is the opportunity cost because exactly, you yeah. wouldn't have met people for three weeks. Mm-hmm. So the the following few months, you might not have a job because there's no projects to do. Right, your pipeline dries up. That's right. So it's, it's not easy, but mm-hmm. these are sacrifices we make. I mean, in Singapore, you can walk the streets safely any time of the day mm-hmm. or night, you know, and, and that's, that's what we do to keep Singapore that way. Okay, well, now I think this is a good way to bring, to, to bring us into the kind of patriotic song that I want to end with. Ah. But first, why don't you talk about the national song? Like, uh, yeah. every year for the national holiday, yeah. there is a national song. Am I right? Yeah, that's right. Okay, uh, for the past maybe 20 over years, there's always been a national day song that's put out by the government or somebody mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. as a National Day song for everybody to sing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very well received, I, I guess, from the first uh, decade or so. Mm-hmm. But eventually, the type of songs that were being churned out were not very well received uh, by Singaporeans. So 
I always hear a lot of complaints. Oh, this year's National Day song is horrible. I can't sing the song. Uh, the words are too difficult. The lyrics are bad, blah, 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 blah. So I said, look, instead of complaining, do something about it. And that's what I've been doing for the past maybe five years or so by just writing a National Day song that everybody could sing to. Right. So um, I, I, I've been doing that and getting people on board, getting friends on board to sing along and community people as well joining in. It's a happy um, celebration by being part of the song. And for those who hear the songs, uh, it's also a, a chance for them to sing along and celebrate the nation's uh, National Day. Yeah, so I'm going to play the one that you wrote, uh, was it last year? Oh, yeah. Oops, I didn't want to start it so soon. Yeah. Okay, um, One Nation Together, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think this is a really good song. Yeah. Uh, it's It's got the anthemic uh, nature that a National yeah. Day song should be, but yeah. it is, it's not too serious and it's not too sappy. That's right. Um, and it is one that you've got all these people singing together. And uh, yeah, I thought it was really good. Yeah, um, the whole thing is to... Do a song that is singable, uh, that you know that that people can easily relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas uh, some of the n- official National Day songs tend to be very wordy, or somehow it doesn't fit into well uh, that a, a mass of people can sing. So it's well. What it, was what was like the first National Day song that they released? Was well, it? Um, I'm not too sure, but it's along the lines of. Uh, we are Singapore, right. uh, one people, one nation, Singapore. Yeah, but that, like some of the ones that were popular, like stand up for stand Singapore, up for Singapore, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Those were so at the beginning they were pretty well received. That's right. right. But then I guess they also had the problem of uh, trying to have the same type of song every year without repeating yourself. That's and right. It, it is kind of difficult. Ideas to, tend to dry up actually. Yeah. But I also uh, tend to see that um, these past few years, the songs were written as pop songs. Mm-hmm. So pop songs are not necessarily songs that you can sing to easily. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the past, they were written as mass singing songs. Yeah. Where the words are not too difficult, the melody is simple, it's easy to pick up and you can sing. Sing it in uh, a stadium. That's right. <laughs> right. Uh, but the past uh, decade or so, the songs were not easy, easily sung. Right. So my effort or my direction is to, to write songs that are fun, you know, easy to sing, simple melody. Hey, get everybody to sing along. Okay, well, thanks. Well, I'm just going to end the show with this one. We'll just play it, let it play out, and uh, let everyone listen to it. And thanks a lot, Alvin. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Dave, for having me on your show. Okay, here we go. One Nation Together by Alvin Un. Oh, the unofficial Unofficial. Singapore, Singapore National Day song. Oh
Someone Else's Memories by Revolution Void and Calm the Fuck Down by Broke for Free are used under a Creative Commons attribution license.